The following is a KPV Media Works production. Choose your fighter. And we're live. Welcome to another episode of KPV Cast, guys. With me today, I have... A guy who's actually, um, from my understanding, he's modded UMK3 to UMK3+. Plus. He also runs a classic Mortal Kombat tournament out in uh, Cincinnati called Cincinnati Combat Classic. With us is uh, Drew Atkins, or the Druces, as this gamer tag is known. Welcome, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. It's rare that I talked to somebody that said a set got them inside the FGC, that they wanted to be part of that. But, and you're, you're one of those rare people. You've, you know, with my little research for you, you said that the thing that got you into the FGC was Road to Evo, Long Island Joe versus Shock. I believe yeah. it was a ECT. I think UM, so. Yeah, UMK3 Finals. What was it about mm-hmm. that set? Now, well, before that, w- did you know about the FGC before that set and you just, you know, kept your distance? Or was this your first exposure to something like the FGC? Uh, it was kind of my first exposure to something like it. Uh, I hadn't I hadn't been, like, really into fighting games or anything like that at a high level. Uh, what had happened was uh, earlier, like, sometime in 2012, uh, I picked up, uh, MK Arcade Collection on the PS3 thinking like I remember these games I was pretty good at them you know uh, and then I you know I, I played through the arcade ladders I beat the arcade ladders and everything and I was like okay I'm going to try some online combat this can't be that bad I got like double flawless and some guy sent me a hate message right afterwards and, and he's like he's like cussing me out over the mic and I didn't have a mic at the time and he's like cussing me out on the mic telling me how bad I am and then he you know, sends me a hate message afterwards. It's like, wow, okay. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> like the, the, yeah, common um, online trolls, right? Yes. Yes. But then, like, I I kind of got into it a little bit more and was trying to figure out, like, okay, how do I do these combos? Because, you know, I, I just, I wasn't really good at video games back then. I mean, you know, I, I could play some first-person shooters and that was about it. Not, not very good. Uh, but then... I started looking for like combo videos, how to do combos, and then I started finding UMK3 sets. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Uh, and then, yeah, I, I saw that uh, Road to Evo Grand Finals, uh, Shock versus Joe, and I just, I became enthralled. Like, I I was so, like, watching it, I was so excited. Like, I, I couldn't believe, like, how good these guys were playing, how excited people were getting in the background. And really, like, I, I couldn't imagine people were that, like, into the game because, like, I remember as a kid, like, kids at my school would, like, make fun of me because I liked Mortal Kombat so much. And then, like, I got to the point where I could beat the kid that nobody else could beat, and then he quit. He's like, <laughs> he's like you like this game too much. I'm not playing with you anymore. Like, okay. Why, why, <laughs> I mean, why were people making fun of you just because you liked MK? I mean, we just did a... I, I, we just did an episode with summoning. I'm assuming it was during the time when MK, you know, the controversy basically died out. It's like, oh, it's just MK. Let's just move on. All the controversy is gone. Nobody really cares. I'm assuming that's why, because it's like, oh, are you just doing it just to be, uh, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going against the grain. Why Why were you receiving hate 
at school because you played MK? Well, because at the time it was the mid-90s and that's what kids did. You know, it was the mid-90s and, you know, if somebody looked different than you, then you made fun of them for it. So, you know, you get you, you get into a video game and kids are going to make fun of you for it. They'll find something to make fun of you for. So, eh, it is what it is. You said uh, when Mortal Kombat Arcade Collection came out, you bought it. It's like, hey, I was really good at these games. What other fighting games did you play? Or what what was your favorite genre of video games? Were you always a fighting game um, uh, fanatic or... Was it only Mortal Kombat for you? I'm I'm sure you knew Street Fighter existed. Oh or, yeah, yeah. But uh, what was your experiences with fighting games before you actually saw that set between Shock and L.I. Joe? Uh, basically, just like like uh, Street Fighter Two and all of its variants. Uh, Alpha Three, I loved Alpha Three. Uh, my cousin and I used to go back and forth on that game all the time on the Dreamcast. I have a good story about that, but it's probably not relevant here. But uh. And then uh, some Killer Instinct. I used to play Killer Instinct in the arcade. Had it for the suit. Actually, I still have it uh, for my Super Nintendo. I got it back when it was out in the 90s. And I, I still have it now. So, I mean, basically just like, you know, Street Fighter 2, Alpha 3, Killer Instinct, and the MK games. Were like whenever... Our... Uh, I'm sorry. Whenever... Uh, when Like when the Nintendo 64 came out, uh, everybody was getting like Mario 64 and Pilot Wings. Uh, I got my Nintendo 64... Uh, on Black Friday, back before Black Friday was a thing, in 1996, uh, when the wow. N64 had been out for a couple months, and I picked up uh, Mortal Kombat Trilogy with it. Well, were you an arcade kid? You mentioned arcades, uh, or did you grow up around the time they started dying out? Um, I mean, I was born in 83, so I lived most of my life, you know, oh, in just the like 90s me. there. Yeah, yeah, so... Um, Kind of the arcade was on its way down, but it wasn't on its way down as quickly as it was, you know. Like it, it really started falling off in the late, like yeah, in like the late nineties. But I still got a good, still got a good chunk of it. Did you, um, did you have a good competitive scene around you? Because again, like we spoke with somebody, like we spoke with a lot of people in this podcast. You know, the, the, the arcade scene was huge, even during its dying days. Yes, you may not have been able to find much games or much arcades anymore, but did you experience uh, any any competitive scenes where you lived? No, there, was, there wasn't much of a competitive scene where I lived, and if there was, I didn't know about it. Oh, wow. Look at this. So, like you said, you basically came up during that time right when it was just dying. So mm -hmm. and and I believe you said that you had a cousin that what what game was it that you guys used to play a, a lot of you you mentioned it a, a few minutes ago and I, for whatever reason I forgot. Yeah, we played we played a lot of them, but the the one we played uh, quite a bit of was Alpha Three. Oh, Alpha Three. So by all means, yeah. uh, when it comes to fighting games, you mainly just uh, did did the console. Um, because like you said, uh, like we said already, uh, arcades were out. You only had consoles, even though they probably weren't as powerful as the arcade hardware. I mean, that, that's what you had. Did you have any siblings to play with, or are you were you the only child that just loved uh, video games, and if you had other siblings, they just moved on from it? Yeah, I had an older brother, and uh, fighting games weren't really his thing. They weren't really <laughs> his things? No, no. Well, he what tried. Did... He... I'm sorry? He tried. He wanted to get into them, but he just couldn't. Is it because I didn't take it easy on him either? <laughs> <Didn't take> it <laughs> easy. 
well, what did you do for uh, competition? Or you didn't take fight after the arcade scene died and your brother wasn't interested. Uh, interested? Did you just move on to different genres, or you just played them so casually where? Again, you didn't really think much of a, you know, oh, let me go out and find, a, you know, an offline competitive scene. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was really like once, uh, once I got out of school, like out of high school, uh, video games became pretty secondary. Uh, going to college, you know, I started college my freshman year of college. I started dating a girl, ended up getting married uh, when I was 22. Uh, and that, uh, so, like, yeah, video games just kind of took a backseat to everything uh, after that point. It, it got down to where, like, the only games I played was, like, uh, uh, like NFL Blitz on the N64, <laughs> uh, GoldenEye on the N64. Uh, and occasionally when my cousin would come up to visit, we'd play whatever we could get our hands on. So, yeah, video games for from, like, I'd say from, like, 19... So probably age like 28 or 29, that like nine or 10 year span there, they just really weren't a big part of my life. Man, NFL Blitz, that was like one of my favorite games. You know, NBA Jam was fun, but then you come NFL Blitz and you could do the Hulk Hogan leg drop on people. Dude, that was like <laughs> the greatest freaking game ever. Yeah, NFL Blitz 2000 uh, is one of the three games that I have that is like justifying why I keep my Nintendo 64. Like there's a whole library worth of games that are worth playing, you know, but for me, it's uh, Blitz 2000, GoldenEye and Mortal Kombat Trilogy. And I'm sure I'll take some heat for that, but those are the three games that I, I enjoy the most. Well, was there to take heat? I mean, GoldenEye defined the N64. At least when well, it besides GoldenEye, I mean, there was like, there was Mario 64, uh, there was, uh, uh, what were the Zelda games on there? I can't uh, even name the uh, Zelda games. You Ocarina, know? Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I actually remember I can't playing. Even name those, so. I remember I had a little makeshift tournament with a couple of friends of mine. We were playing NFL Blitz, and me and the guy actually went four overtimes, <laughs> and the game actually oh couldn't register anything afterwards. I mean, well, then again, that's just <laughs> NFL rules in general. And I won. Right. And he's like, "Wait a minute, how the heck did you win? The game actually." made me the winner because I forced the most fumbles. I've never seen oh. to this day somebody more angrier than that. It's like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> so the angriest I ever saw my cousin when we were playing uh, Alpha 3 was uh, I had a win streak going against him, and it was uh, it was during election season in 2004. Okay. And uh, I won't get into the specifics, but it was uh, – it was not just a 27 match win streak. Uh, it was a 54 round win streak. Like he did not take a single round in those 27 matches. And he started going in on politics. I was like, all right, if, if we're going to do this, I'm just, I'm just going to turn the console off. <laughs> but that's, that's how heated up he got about it. Jesus. I mean, I, oh, that's a, <laughs> wait, what? Jeez, I wonder exactly. how, how, how would that go today? Oh, boy. Anyway, oh <laughs> uh, anyway, going back to the Road to Evo set. Yeah. What what was it exactly a, a, about that set? You you already mentioned it's like, wait, people could be this competitive at this. I mean, was it also the fact that the game just moves so fast at a height at, at you know the skill levels those guys play? Was yeah. it was it just the simple fact that it's like, man, people could do this in UMK three? I mean, I've been playing this game for a while, but you didn't have the offline experience 
via arcades. Right. What else could you describe why, you know, something in your brain just went, this is what I want to follow. This is what I, you know, this is what I want to dedicate some time that I have for, you know, for gaming. I want to follow the FGC offline. Right. Well, the classic MK games were, uh, you know, growing up and up to that point were still my favorite set of games. And they were just playing the game at a speed and at a skill level that I didn't know was I didn't know was even fathomable. Like just watching these guys, the way they were playing, uh, and even the commentary helped a little bit too. I think Sweet Johnny Cage was uh, was on the mic for the majority yes, of that one. Yes, he was. One. Yes. And and even just the like the the energy that he brought just through the commentary, uh, like hyped hyped me up some. And then like the crowd in the background. You know, like somebody would pull a big combo and you could hear the crowd, you know, get up for it and everything. That for me, uh, I think was the biggest, uh, like th that and then the skill level that they played at. That's what like just had my jaw dropping the entire time. Like these guys are that good playing at that level and people get excited about it. It was it was awesome. Yeah, you mentioned the crowd and um, I, I'm sure you've seen the shock episode and we did mention it on there. And like you said, yeah. some of the people back there are still, you know, the, some of the biggest names within the community. And you're right. When you see a crowd, and even the crowd back then who weren't really knowledgeable with that game, I, I mean, they, they were behind everything, every little combo, every drop combo, every confirm. And we, we all know Mortal Kombat over the years, after, after all the controversy was done, it, it was more looked at as a joke compared to other games like Street Fighter. But again, like crowd reaction, it sells, it sells a lot. And, it's, yeah. and like you said, that was one of the biggest things for you, just watching, man, even though some of these people, you, you may have not known them at the time, maybe they don't know the game, they know of it, but it's just seeing this game at this such a high level, and that game moves so ridiculously fast. The crowd was also a big factor for you, right? Right, yeah. And, like, the turning point, I think, was actually kind of early on uh, in the match. It was because uh, Shot came up out of Losers Finals, and uh, Joe went through uh, went through the uh, winner's bracket all the way. Uh, but Shock pulls this combo with Sonya uh, against Joe in the corner. Just this pop-up combo into a jump kick, you know, and then the, the, the crowd's going, and then he yeah. hits him with the roundhouse, and the crowd gets a little bit louder. And then he hits him with the leg grab and like, the, you know, sweet Johnny Cage basically breaks the mic <laughs> yes, out of does. excitement. And then, you know, shock loses the match, but just all the excitement right then and there was like, like that, that, this is the best game in the world. I don't care. I don't care how good other games at the time might've looked compared to it. You know, I don't care how technically sound some other games might've been like, this was like the game. Of course. Now you watched this. Uh, what 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 year did you watch it? Uh, the uh, that set. Sometime in late 2012 or early 2013, probably and late 2012. How did you come up uh, across it? Do you just uh, see it on YouTube? It's like, oh look, UMK3. Uh, let let me just see what's going on. How did you, how did you come across this set? Yeah, that's what it was. It was. Uh, uh, I was just searching for UMK3 videos on YouTube, and it popped up. Oh sweet. So after you saw that, after you saw that set and your mind was blown, what was your next step towards, you know, trying to see how can I do this? How could, how could I be part of the offline community? Well, uh, the offline part for me still was a couple years away, but uh, 
you know, I, I started playing, I started putting more time into the game, uh, posting more on Test Your Might. Um, back, that was back when the, the classic section was a lot more active than of course. what it is now. Uh, and, you know, finding more people to play on, on uh, MK Arcade Collection, uh, getting MAME on the computer and playing people online through MAME. Just basically playing as many matches as I could against as many people as I could, trying to learn more about the game. Uh, and it, you know, the, the online experience for the classic MK games is, you know, haphazard at best. Uh, you know, there's, there's just the connection quality. It's either, it's either great or it's terrible. Uh, and even when it's a good connection, it's not like, it's not the best depiction of high quality play. Um, so like, there's still something lacking with the online stuff. Um. Uh, but I, I finally decided, I'm just going to, if you don't mind, I'll just go in. I'll just keep going. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> go ahead, my friend. Uh, I, I thought it would be like, because I, I tried to hold a couple of uh, couple of online tournaments on on, uh, on MKAK for the PSN. And both times I got like 12 people. You know, both times two guys didn't show up. One guy tried to cheat. Like he got beat and he told me that he won. And just, just you know, terrible things. Uh, but then I was talking to somebody else and he, and he was like, dude, no high level players want to play in an online tournament like that. Well, why not? He said, and I think his exact words to me were any scrub with a bad connection can beat a good player. So, okay. So, uh, I put together an online event, uh, into, and this is fast forwarding a bit. Uh, but I put together an online event in 2016 uh, here in Cincinnati. I think it was sometime in February. Back Were then. you still using uh, the arcade collection, or did you realize early? I don't know if the person who told you about a scrub could beat a high-level player, even if he's a uh, you know crappy connection. Um, did you were you using um, AK, or did you realize by then that were you informed that the AK collection basically had so many bugs, so many bad frames, it was not an arcade perfect? Did you know? How much people, you know, how, did, did you know how much people look down on that, on those kinds of... Um... Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, by, by that time, I mean, at some point in like 2014 or 2015, uh, I was playing MAME almost exclusively. Uh, it was like I would go back to Arcade Collection just to try to play people and find people and tell them to get MAME so we could play on a better platform. So, uh, yeah, by, by 2016... Uh, it was basically MAME exclusively. And that's what we played the tournament on. Uh, uh, I actually never had MAME on my computer, believe it or not. Mainly because I've just had access to offline play as much as I have here in, in the mm -hmm. East Coast. But how much better is the MAME online back then compared to the um, MKAK? Um, online MAME is just leaps and bounds better than Arcade Collection. Okay. Uh, even even in the best connect like the best connections possible, uh, Mame is going to be just because you know it um, the it runs through the arcade collection runs through the Unreal Engine and it adds you know a few frames of delay even on your in, you know just to your inputs. Uh, I mean it did good things with the sound like the sound is great on arcade collection, uh, but the inputs because everything runs through. Uh, Unreal Engine in, into emulation, uh, 
it adds extra frames of delay and it's just it, it's it's not good quality play so you so, so you organized something uh you said 2016 how did that go for you was that your was uh, that your first time um organizing an online tournament uh 2016 was the first offline tournament uh i had a couple online tournaments back in like 2014 okay maybe one in 2015 yeah but uh i organized a uh organized an offline event in uh 2016 oh offline uh, okay. yeah offline uh, ended up with i think ended up with 13 people uh and we played you know we had one event and that was umk3 uh and you know we had a couple of uh, recognizable names like uh, like Juggernaut. Uh, you know, I think anybody in the classic community knows who Juggernaut is. Of course. Uh, yeah, and uh, no doubt uh, was there. He won the tournament. Um, there's a guy that uh, had a couple names. Uh, Miss Spin. Uh, uh, a name that you can't say now because it's it's not a nice name. Uh, and I think. Uh, I think he went by Katie or something else, but he has a guy posing, <laughs> posing as a girl. Long, long story there that <laughs> doesn't need to be gone. We don't need to go into it here. Uh, but he was there. Uh, several other guys, or that was probably like the the three guys like that brought the most name recognition to the tournament. There's a guy that's uh, fairly prominent, like in the actual like arcade community. Uh, uh, his YouTube channel is M Your MK Arcade Source. I know uh, that guy very there. well. Great, great, yeah. great channel. Yeah, uh, he was there. Um, some other guys like McLovin's uh, from back in the Xbox days was there. Uh, a guy named Dubson. I don't know if it was just Dubson or Dubson Nine Six Five back in those days. He was there. Um, I, I I can't go through like all the names. I can't remember all the names. I'll probably leave somebody out and feel bad. Uh, but it was a very hype event that everybody really enjoyed. Let me ask you this question before we go on with that, because that's definitely a topic we're going to hit on big. Before you decided to start organizing offline events, take us a little bit between the time that you found about um, the FGC and between the time that um, you decided to um, start running events. That time frame right in the middle, what was it like for you? Um, it, <laughs> trying to navigate in the, uh, uh, certain aspects of the community, I think, um, I don't know the best way to put it. Um, well, Vince, by the way, um, yeah. are we talking about only the NRS community or are we talking about the FGC community in whole? Did you only want to stay to the NRS because that's what you knew or were you trying to get involved with everything? Honestly, I was just trying to stay involved with, uh, the classic MK part. Okay, all right. Yeah, that's it. And that, and again, that that's all you that's all you wanted to stick to. But again, take us a little bit through your timeline between when you found them and before you uh, started wanting to organize events. Well, what was it like? Was it very welcoming? Uh, did you see some things you may not have liked? How some players were treated? Uh, I'm sure you got a lot of shit talk online because that's what some people just do. Take yeah. Us oh that. yeah. Uh, a lot of that, uh, a lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of talk, um, surprised at how, uh, how angry people got, uh, over, over a video game. I mean, like, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm pretty relaxed most of the time. I'm, I like to think I'm soft-spoken and I occasionally do get frustrated. Of course, everybody does, you know, 
but uh, I was really surprised at how um, how upset some people got. Uh, but I kind of just tried to weed those people out and just you know stay with you know hang with people that were into the game but were also cool. Like there's a there's a few people like I I call it my kind of my own core like my own uh, yeah basically my own core of guys. That they're your, they're I, your group. Yeah, yeah, they're my group, and and they're the ones that have been there since like basically since I got into the game back in 2012, 2013. The guys that like they were better than me, you know, at at the game, but they were cool enough to be like, hey, you know, this is, you know, here's what you can do better. Let's let's set up some time. Let's just play a whole bunch of matches, uh, and 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 get you better at it. You've uh, you say like you say you have your own core group. Classic MK, not many people talk about that community. They like to stay separate from the NRS community, what we know it now. You, you said it yourself, you stayed together with one certain group. Why was it that that group and the other ones just didn't get along? Why sometimes, you know, they would just just go at each other? I mean, we see that with, we see that with almost every FGC group, but take us in a little bit about why in, that, in the Classic MK community, why that is why is it that just some people just they rather shit talk versus hey let me take drew and let me show him some things like you know because it just means more players for our game what why 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 is just there two those amazing dynamics even in the even in such a small group like the classic mk community well i mean like i don't know i i i don't know for sure and i i certainly don't want to speak for anybody else uh it's a small community, right? And if you can bring somebody into a small community, you have a chance to grow the community. Uh, and, you know, the, the new modern games, uh, the community's big enough, I guess. I mean, it's, it's, it's big, right? The classic community, you know, we had, I think, 31 people show up for the tournament in 2019, wow. uh, which, is a good, which is a good showing for, for you know, in the Midwest uh, and a... A classic game uh, you know 31 guys probably I want to say 25 26 of them traveled from you know more than more than a couple hundred miles away Wow uh, to come in and stay for a couple days and play a whole bunch of classic MK so it's it's almost uh, it's almost more if you want to look at it it's almost like a brotherhood of, of guys that you know this is our game or this is our style of game uh, and you know, there's not many of us, so you know we're going to stick together. Uh, I I I stay out of the politics of some of the newer stuff, like you know guys hiding tech or you know not uh, not divulging you know stuff that they found, stuff like that. It's like when when we find something new, mind you, this game's like 25 years old. When we find something new, it's like guys, you got to check this out. You know, you, you watch this. You know, I got you know. 98% in the corner with Molina or something, you know, you, you got to watch this. And so, so yeah, it's, it's a little bit different. Like, you know, um, we, we want the community to grow. And I think when you have a small community, you have to be a little more giving um, with what you have. And I, I think that's, that's why I like this community. I don't want to say like, I dislike other communities, but uh, you know, and, and I'm, I'm kind of a one trick pony, right? Like, I, I can play the classic MK games pretty well. I'm serviceable at Street Fighter. Uh, 
the old Killer Instinct games, I'm I'm pretty much okay at. But any other game out there, like MK9, M- MK9, terrible. MK11, I didn't quite finish story mode. Uh, MKX, I've never played it. Okay, uh, I played Injustice because one of my buddies wanted me to, and it was fun. I played a Scorpion, but uh, <laughs> you know, I not have and you know the the lack of lack of free time, you know. Be, and also the fact that I'm not, you know, I'm not that great in general uh, at video games. So if I can pick like one or two to be really good at, then, you know, I'll pick those one or two. Uh, and they just happen to be games that are, you know, from the 90s. Is it easier when the community is smaller to try to get them together? Um, oh. Well, you have a bigger community. If you have people that can't show up, you still have a lot of people showing up. Uh a smaller community, um, you know, we try to do, you know, I, I don't, I only hold one event. So, uh, you know, and with it, it, it's in April now every year, as opposed to, uh, February, it's easier for people to travel, I think in the spring than it is in the winter. Um, but it might be, uh, it might be easier to keep people together, to get people together. Especially the online stuff, like uh, like get them together physically. I think a smaller community uh, might be easier when it's only like once a year. Right. Uh, you know the esports stuff, like you know the, the the bigger events. You know you've got you know you've got uh, big e's events and you've got all these other uh, events uh, like on the east coast and other parts of the country. You know if, if I if I don't see my buddy here, I'll probably see him at the next event. Uh, with us, it's like it's one time. You know, it's one time. One, uh, yeah, like one weekend out of the year, we're going to be like, you know, MK, you know, like, like camels, they can drink like, you know, drink a whole crap ton of water at once and then not drink any water for a couple weeks and be fine. Yeah. You know, we get as much offline, much high quality offline MK with as many people as we can get uh, in a very short period of time. And then we, we just keep the hype going for the next year. Uh, before 2016, when you decided to become an organizer, did you attend any offline events? Um, ooh, that's a good question. Um, no, I had not. At least not on purpose. Um, I think I walked into Arcade Legacy once when there was an event going on. I just kind of, you know, kind of rubbernecked a little bit and, you know, kind of looked around, you know, saw, saw what they were doing, and that was that was about it. What was it that they were doing? A uh, Street Fighter tournament, Mortal Kombat tournament, Tekken tournament? I can't remember. I can't even remember what it was. Uh, I think there were several uh, games going on. Uh, I can't remember what they were, though. Well, did you regret not going to um, many offline events after you found out about the uh, offline competition FGC? Or, like you say, you just had too much more going on in life where you could only dedicate but so much time to video games? Yeah. Um, like... I don't really regret it um, because, you know, I was, I was in a different place in life. Um, Like, you know, you know, the 2009 and 2010 events, you know, I was, uh, I was, I was a pretty busy guy. I had, I had a two year old at home. I was married uh, and I was going to school as well as working full time. The idea of, you know, driving 10 or 11 hours to a, to an offline event uh, just, it, it didn't seem it didn't seem realistic or reasonable so um it wasn't plausible it was ag- yeah yeah it was it wasn't plausible uh now you know 
uh, I, I got divorced in 2011. Mm-hmm. Uh, and between getting used to being on, you know, between, between getting used to being single uh, and, you know, seeing my kids a few times a week, I had to find something to do, do something to do to fill the void. Uh, and Mortal Kombat was right there. There you go. So, yeah. 26. Yeah. So yeah. like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I, Keep going. I, that's right. I don't, I don't regret, uh, I don't, I don't regret, you know, not being part of the community prior to that, but I'm glad I'm part of the community now. There you go, man. That's good to hear. Um, 2016 comes along, you know, take, uh, t- t- take us through your mindset at the time. Cause you said you decided to organize an offline event. You know, what, what goes through your mind where it's like, especially you live in the Midwest, it's a little bit harder out there from my understandings. I mean, I know combo breaker is out there, but that's a different beast compared to like a small little tournament. What goes mm-hmm. through your mind? What, you know, what, 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 what convinces you? He's like, you know what? Let, let, let me do something. I, I, I may not get as many players as I'm hoping, but what goes through your mind? And when do you decide to pull the trigger to say, I'm going to do a classic Mortal Kombat tournament. I'm going to be the guy who's, who, who's going to want to give some of these players, hopefully that are going to show up a chance to have an offline experience. Um, I just kind of floated the idea out there, like, let's get something together. Um, you know, UMK3, pretty standard tournament rules. I didn't know how many people would come out. Um, it was done in in conjunction uh, with another player who uh, financially supported the game uh, behind the scenes. He put some he put some prize money into the pot. Uh, I, I think that may have attracted some people. Um, I didn't know how many people would come. I really didn't. But I thought, you know what, there's, you know, I, I knew of like five or six guys uh, in the immediate area that were within like a half hour of me that played classic Mortal Kombat that were pretty good at it. Uh, and I talked to some guys that said, you know, dude, if you have an offline event, I will come to it. So, uh, with all those things, I think we ended up having like 17 or 18 guys that said they would come. And of course, you know, some people don't show up, but it basically started as an idea. Like, you know, what do we have to do to get people to come out to an event? And I think it was basically just put something together, stream it, and people will come out because people want to play high level offline games. Was that an idea? Um, in your brain for quite a while or was it just a spur of the moment thing? Uh, I had been thinking about it for a while. It was, it was that point sometime in like 2015 where that guy told me like, you know, well, any scrub with a bad internet connection can be <laughs> a good player. And he's like, Oh, and by the way, I think my Cyrax would beat your human smoke 10 0 offline. I'm like, Oh, is that right? I'm pretty sure that's your alcohol talking, but you know, I'll have an offline event sometime, and if you want to come out, you can. And he didn't, but that's okay. <laughs> that's probably, he could have stayed home. You had a good time regardless, right? Exactly. Yep. T- Where did you hold it? At an arcade or? Yeah, it was at uh, Arcade Legacy, uh, kind of on the uh, suburban outskirts, uh, the northernmost part of Cincinnati. Uh, arcade Legacy uh uh, Jesse owns the place. He's a he's a really good guy. 
the first event, like he let us set, you know, he, we, he had us set up in the arcade. Um, he let us use his streaming equipment. Uh, and it was just like a $8 venue fee or something. Uh, and that was good for access to the arcade, but, you know, everything in the arcade all day long. So it wasn't just like you come in, play MK and go home. Like there's a, a whole probably like four or 5,000 square foot arcade uh, to play in, as well as other consoles and things that were out there for play. Actually, it's so, funny. Um, we just uh, finished talking to Summoning, and when he started, him and James MK started their uh, little offline series. I did ask him the same question. I mean, I didn't really ask you because you already answered it. But, I, well, you know what? I'll ask, I'll ask it for you anyway. I mean, how does an arcade owner, well, you said the guy's a really good guy. He sounds like he's a gamer. He opened up an arcade, you know, just just to, you know, bring back something from the past that he loved. But how was it talking to him? He's like, hey, man, I want to come and uh, bring a Mortal Kombat tournament here. How how did he take the idea, and how did you approach him with it? Well, um, you know, we had built up a little bit of a relationship prior to that. Um, I had met uh, another player uh, who's local, McLovin's, uh, and we met up at Arcade Legacy, and he knew Jesse a whole lot better than I did. Um, uh, but through McLovin's, um, you know, I, I got to know Jesse a little bit more. Uh, you know, built a built a relationship with him. Like I said, he, he's a he's a great guy. Um, uh, likes the classics. Keeps his machines in good shape, which is kind of a. Uh, oh, it's not, a it's a must if you're going to hold something at an arcade. Yeah, well, there, there's a there's a 16-bit down here in Cincinnati that it's just like you know the obviously it, it's like it's a bar with you know arcade games in it uh and it's treated more like a bar with arcade games as a storage facility right uh, i went in, i went in there one time and the umk3 machine half the buttons didn't work i had i ran i had to random select to get to the bottom row of characters because i couldn't use the down button and then and then i got ermac who all of his special moves involve you know going down and so I just, I had to win using, you know, everything but down. Uh, Drunk people don't but, notice when the buttons don't work. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, but, uh, you know, Jesse, you know, he, he runs events of, of his own uh, at Arcade Legacy. You know, uh, and uh, so over time, I was like, you know, as I know you run some events up here, uh, you know, would it be cool if, you know, we came up here and we, you know, had a classic Mortal Kombat tournament. Uh, and he was good with it. I, I mean, I don't remember the exact conversation with it being, you know, five and a half years ago. But, uh, uh, yeah, he basically, he was cool with it. And people came and people played. You know, and what was even cooler than that, though, like ha just having the tournament, you know, we were having casuals before the tournament started and people would just walk up, like, hey, what are you guys playing? Oh, we're playing UMK3. Oh, okay. You, and he's, you know, can I play? Sure. <laughs> Hand them a controller. They play two or three matches. They get their butts kicked and they, they walk away, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, because people think, oh, they're playing an old Mortal Kombat game. Here comes a jump kick, you know. <laughs> and I'm just going to jump all over the place, which is a terrible idea. But, uh, you know, and we, and we had some people occasionally, like, just kind of filter in and out during the tournament watching. Uh, some people stuck around for almost the entire tournament just standing there watching us. So, and, and that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, that's kind of how the, the arcade thing went uh, as far as getting the, the tournament set up. 
Let me ask you this, uh, more on this. What are the logistics like, you know, organizing a tournament for a game where, it's, again, it's Mortal Kombat, it's not Third Strike, where if anybody announces a Third Strike tournament, chances are you're going to get about 40 to 50 people. You know, it, ha it, it has a bigger fan base. We understand that. But what are the logistics for you? You only have the forums. There's not really, I mean, there's a rabid fan base, but it's not a big fan base. But right. so, so what what do you what are some things that go through your mind knowing well that, you know, I'm going to put my foot down. I'm going to be the guy who does it. What kind of things go through your mind? It's like, how am I going to advertise it? You know, who who am I going to talk to? You know, uh, walk us through that. You know, what, what are the logistics of running a classic Mortal Kombat tournament? Um, there is a lot of uh, there's a lot of social uh, stuff that goes on. Um, hang on a second. setting things up um you know test your might um you know the the classic section is just not what it used to be unfortunately but you know i still post there so people are aware of it um uh through uh like there's a couple of uh facebook pages um uh, that are kind of dedicated to classic arcade mk um Twitter, there's some people from Twitter, you know, that, that are interested in it. Uh, it's a lot of, and, and then there's Discord. There's like, I, I'm looking at my Discord right now and I see five uh, Mortal Kombat Discords that I'm a part of. Uh, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of like, hey, I'm having this tournament, you know, let me show you some archived footage from events in the past, you know, link up some YouTube videos, um, you know, it, do stuff like that to, you know, get people hyped up about it. You know, I advertise the fact that, you know, it's on, it's on a basically controller neutral platform that it doesn't matter if you're a pad player or what pad you play on, or if you play on a stick, uh, it's accessible for you. Uh, that that's a big draw of it is, you know, you have an art, you have a cabinet only tournament. And unfortunately you end up getting probably half one, you get probably about half of the people that you would expect uh, to come otherwise that would show up. And then the, the quality of the gameplay is going to be lower too uh, because not everybody grew up with an arcade around the corner or not everybody has an arcade machine, you know, in, in their kitchen or in their dining room now, which I've, I've seen that, uh, or just somewhere in their house. Uh, and, you know, even then, not everybody has the fight stick from MK9. You know, I just recently, a few months ago, acquired uh, uh, a stick setup uh, from, it's an Xbox uh, MK9 stick that All I just right. started practicing on. But not everybody has access to those things. Uh, so what we, you know, when we put it out there, we say, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, if it's a PS3 controller, PS4, any, any console controller, you know, you can even use a keyboard if you want to, you know, you just have to respect the, the input and the button rules, you know, one button for an input, one input for a button. Hold on a second. My cat wants to say hi. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, but there, there's a, but having a, uh, having a controller neutral platform, I think, uh, is a big draw for guys too. All right. All right, then. So, you know, we've already talked about the logistics of it. Now you're going to go in and, I, mm -hmm. and, and here, here you are. It's like, holy crap, I said I'm going to do it. I'm going to, you know, here's the day. 
what goes through your mind when the day starts? It's like, well, I, I got this tournament I, um, I organized. You know, it, l let us know about that. Because, was this the first ever tournament for any kind of video game you've ever organized? Yeah, it was. Did uh, anybody give I you was... any pointers? I, I had talked to a few people that were that were helpful. Like Shock was helpful. Uh, a couple local guys were pretty helpful. Uh, just talking about you know things to do. And uh, there's one guy that uh, he was he's local. Uh, used to work uh, for Arcade Legacy. Like he set up some overlays for me and everything. Show me showed me how X Split worked. I, I had no idea how any of that worked at the time. Uh, but he showed me how all that worked told me what to do, what not to do, you know, stuff like that. So I, I did get a lot of help. Uh, I was more nervous at the beginning of everything uh, that, and, and I still get nervous. Like, so there's like, there's like the lead ups before the event. There's like, you know, okay, we're six months out. We got to do this. You know, we're three months out. We got to do this. Two months out, one month out. It gets to the week of the event. And I'm like, I'm, I'm stressed out the entire week. Like I'm stressed out to the point where like, I basically like I eat about half as much as I normally do because like, you know, how many people are going to show up? All these people said they have, you know, you know, there's been some smack talk. Am I going to have to deal with, am I going to have to deal with guys getting <laughs> real intense with each other? Fortunately, that's never happened. Um, uh, at least not at my events. It has. And I, I, I saw it at summer jam in 2018, but uh, at my events, no, it's never happened. Everybody's pretty cool. Uh, but you, you know, you worry like, you know, what kind of, what kind of issues are going to pop up? You know, you, you got to tell people like, you know, Hey, I've got this, you know, I've got this off brand 360 controller that I bought at GameStop five years ago. Can I hook it up? Like, well, yeah, uh, you can try. Uh, I hope you brought a driver with you in case it doesn't work. Uh, and, and, and that, that's like a, that's just like a learning experience for me and for other people as well. Uh, but yeah, like the, the event starts, you hit the live button on the stream and it's just like, you kind of get into that zone and uh, you kind of have to go from player to, you know, tournament organizer slash commentator slash bracket runner, because it's a small event. And if you have half the guys that are in the tournaments doing things, everybody's going to be stressed out. So uh I have like one or two guys that, you know, I asked to, you know, kind of trail me and help me out and stuff. Cause you know, I like to play in the events too. Uh, and, and I feel really bad about asking somebody to not play so they can help run the event. Uh, and of course things go, things go over, you know, things take longer than you expect them to. People get, people get frustrated about that. Uh, but all in all, it's like, it's still a great time because like once the lights are off and the tournament's over for the night, I think we ended up like Saturday night into Sunday, we ended up like going out to a waffle house at like one 30 in the morning. Uh, and everybody just like hung out there until, until they left. Uh, and then, you know, we all showed back up at, you know, 10 or 11 o'clock on Sunday morning to, to finish out all the event. So it, it goes from like almost this like, you know, exponentially down, like, Oh God, here we go again. Why do I do this to, Oh man, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> You mentioned something. It's hard to go from player to organizer. It it is hard because again, classic MK, very small community. I mean, what are the chances are you gonna get to play with some of the best um, MK players, right? Well, I mean, right. How, how many yeah. how many chances are you gonna get to play offline? How hard was it for you? Did did you said you played it at, at your first event, or did you completely do just yeah. organize a role? 
yeah, I, I've pl I've played at all of my events. Um, the, I think there was one year there was one event I was just so burnt out. I'm like, guys, I'm just going to commentate. You guys play. <laughs> I had one guy stand up like, what are you doing? Why aren't you playing? I'm like, dude, I'm beat. <laughs> I'm beat. You know, you can only run on caffeine at 50% combos for so long. And at some point, you got to be like, I'm done. But I was I was so tired and burnt that I was like, I'm gonna commentate. You guys play. What was the what was the reaction from the players when they realized that you know what Drew is gonna do this? It's just not talk. And I'm I'm sure you you've gotten some stories where some people may like you said that there were a few people who drove quite a while or maybe they've taken the plane and they get to this arcade where you hold your event and they meet you for the first time and the you meet them as well mm -hmm. you know like yeah. what, what was the reaction from everybody was it just you know happiness where it's like you know we, we have something it may not this may not be an annual thing but at least somebody you know instead of just talking and talking and talking they, he actually did it how, how much appreciation did you receive from the players uh i i got a lot like uh after the event, Juggernaut came up and gave me this big old hug, like, you know, thanks for doing this, man. This was awesome. Um, and it, it it wasn't just... And I, I tell the guys the same thing at the end of the events, at the end, like, Sunday night when we're all packing it up. I'm like, I just tell them, like, guys, you know, like, this is not my tournament. I just put it together. You guys make it what it is. And it stems from that first event, like... I didn't know what to think. Like I wasn't like I wasn't sure if it was just going to be some big old cluster where hopefully we get done before they kick us out, or if it was going to go as well as what it did, and it went really well. And these guys were like, "You got to do this next year too." It's like we got to do this every year, and it's grown every year. I think we had thirteen the first year, and then we had uh, seventeen, and uh, twenty-one, and then thirty-one. So, and we added, like, we add some events every year. Like, the first, like, 2016, it was just uh, UMK3. We played we played some trilogy for a little while, but then uh, the arcade closed. It got to be, like, 1 o'clock in the morning, and they're like, you guys got to go. Okay. I got out. Uh, yeah. 2017, we decided to have uh, Saturday. We started it a little bit early on Saturday, and then we had Sunday as well. Uh, we had a full-on trilogy event. And we had two v two as well as I think random select. Oh, nice! Uh, we did the same thing in 2018. Uh, 2019, last year, we added some MK two events, uh, and and those went really well. We had some guys that showed up just to play MK two, uh, and then uh, I think we ended up having like six events last year. So we had all the same. We had UMK three. We had teams, which team like UMK three two v two, where one where one person uh, controls each fighter, uh, is like super intense. Like that, I think is the most fun event. Like it's more fun than the main event because you got four guys sitting around a screen playing Mortal Kombat, and it just gets it gets super intense. Which is you know the intensity is part of what makes it so fun. Like it doesn't matter if you beat somebody you know, 3-0, and you double flawless them three times in a row. Like, you're still, like, your your knuckles are white and your hands are shaking after the set just because it's so much fun. Um, but, yeah, we, we've, we've added events every year. Uh, and this year, we're actually going to have to take one of the events off because we were 
uh, expecting so many people. Like we were expecting like 35, 40 people this year. Wow. Of course, we, we got hit with the great human malware of 2020. Mm-hmm. So, um, we, you know, <laughs> we had to, <laughs> had to push it, had to push it to next year. But, uh, you know, your, uh, your event, you, you know, your event is done. Everybody goes home. Drew wakes up in the morning the next day. Do you have a headache? Do you realize what you just did? How do you feel about it? Um, I, I feel like I got to wait another year for this because like, it's so much fun. Like Mm -hmm. there's, there, there's the dread and the nerves in the last couple weeks building up to the event. But once, once you're there, you're there and there's no turning back. Uh, and then there's guys that, you know, they, they come in, you have a great time. Uh, and then, and then they leave and it's almost like a little bit of emptiness, like, uh, like from an event perspective, from an organizer perspective, it's like, okay, it's over. I don't have that stress. I'm good. But then it's like, okay, I just said goodbye to like, you know, 15 of my friends that I'm not going to see for another year. But again, like you said, the stress is over. And you're right. You're not going to see some of your friends for another year. Do you get working on the next one right away or you only wait for the feedback from everybody? Do you go right off the bat to um, the forums maybe a day or two later, give everybody time to rest, you know, gather their thoughts? Yeah, I, I, um, I typically, you know, I, I decompress from it. I let everybody get back and get settled. Uh, and, and it's not a bad thing. You know, uh, a lot of guys don't have a problem giving you feedback, which is fine. Uh, they're, they're not, they're never malicious about it. It's like, you know, no. while we do it, you know, we could do it this way next year. We could try doing it another way. Uh, the biggest one this year was uh, this past year, 2019. Uh, it ran so long because we had like, I think 21 players in the main event. Uh, like there were 31 people total at the event. Some people just came for MK2 and some people didn't play at all. They just showed up to hang out uh, and play casuals. But uh, it's like, you know, we, we have to do something about the time. So, you know, we only have, we only have so much of it. You know, we get like 12 or 13 hours on Saturday, 12 or 13 hours on Sunday. And that's a lot to cram in when you're trying to get it all on stream. So I decided uh, after consulting with some some of the guys in the community, uh, I, I just decided that you know instead of just doing a flat out double elimination tournament, uh, that we would do pool play, and then from the pools we would cut to the top twelve or something like that. Uh, that way, you know, the guys that go to and out don't just have to sit there watching, you know, for the you know, in in a twenty some odd player double elimination tournament going to and out that's an awful that's an awful lot that's an awful lot more combat to just sit around and watch as opposed to being in it and playing and i actually felt bad about that because there were there were i think like i think three or four guys that went to and out wow and uh they just you know they just kind of sat there you know waiting for the next event to start i mean they were watching mortal combat and hanging out but it's like if you do a, if you do pool play with like seven or eight guys per pool, you're at least going to get you know seven matches in, you know as opposed to two. What did the yeah, online so trolls? Uh, what kind of feedback did the online trolls give you? The ones that you, it's like, like you know you guys are never going to come in. Did you just ignore them? 
yeah, I do. Um, used to not ignore them, uh, but then I decided it was just better to ignore it than uh, waste uh, waste my breath uh, or my or, or waste you know the key you know waste time on the keyboard right, uh, right, trying right. to respond to them. Yeah. All right, man. That's yeah. awesome. Now, uh, you said this is a Cincinnati Comeback uh, Classic, uh, unfortunately, because mm-hmm. of 2020. So it's been run since uh, 2016. I'm sure you already got some dates for 2021. I believe I saw a flyer for them mm-hmm. uh, already. But uh, <laughs> now we already established that that's what uh, you're doing now. So a lot of people don't know, and why would they? Again, Mortal Kombat, compared to other classic games, is a very small community. Very, you know, the the ones who support, especially a lot of people from Latin America, you know, they, they support what you're doing with uh, modding these games. You uh, modded uh, UMK3. I believe it's called UMK3+. Plus. When did you mm-hmm. decide to start doing that, and what was the interest? I think it was in sometime in 2017 uh, because uh, Paul had gotten MK2 Plus off the ground. Now, who's Paul for uh, anybody who doesn't know? Uh, he goes by zpaul 2 fresh 8 um, He's got a YouTube channel out there as well. Uh, and uh, he's he's the creator of uh, Mortal Kombat 2+, Plus, Mortal Kombat Plus, uh, co-creator with me on UMK3+. Plus. Uh, MortalKombatPlus.com is the, is the website, uh, best place that you can go to to get information about those games. Uh, but you know, I watched what he was doing. Um, I got in touch with uh, a guy named Abistus, who is a pretty pretty good hacker. Like you, you name a midway game, and he's probably been in there hacking it, mm-hmm. which is which is pretty which is pretty cool to see. Wow. Uh, combined with a couple of other uh, hacks that I had seen out there, uh, and some. Now I was never active in the Mugen community, uh, but I'd seen some of it. And it's just like, the thought is good. The execution is terrible. Uh, <laughs> All these overpowered, ridiculous characters. But you know what? Yeah. Pe- people love them. You know? Bear like... Sub-Zero, you know? <laughs> Omega Bear God, Sub-Zero. for us KOF players, Omega God, Chrysalid times the thousand. It's like, like well, why, why is this necessary? But people love it. Yeah, well, there's like, there's... My, my favorites are Bear Sub Zero and Cyber Aqua. Yes. Like Robot Aqua. What <laughs> <laughs> <But> again? Uh... <laughs> but yeah, uh, and there were there were some other hacks of the game that were going around that uh, may not have been as well received as they could have been, uh, and that's actually why Paul started MK2 Plus was because there was a hack of MK2 that came out that he was just kind of just kind of disappointed in and he thought hey, you know may, maybe I can do something I, uh, and he did but uh I kind of you know I started talking with him talking with Abistus, a uh, couple guys within the Mortal Kombat community uh, and it's like, okay you know may, maybe I can do something with UMK3 you know went to YouTube and like you can see all these different bugs and glitches and stuff it's like oh, we got to figure out a way to fix those um, you know rain's not in umk3 in the arcade but he's in trilogy and he's in the console versions it would be cool to add him uh, you know give sub give classic sub-zero a second fatality you know uh 
competition in the games as far as like you know i don't know if you've played much umk3 but like you can if you win four or five games in a row and then you lose one your score resets so instead of instead of it showing like four to one it's now zero to one and i think that might have been like the first thing i did uh when i was hacking umk3 and back then it was revision 1.3 do you have a like background I, in computer engineering or is this self-taught uh, it's self-taught. I am a, uh, I, I work in IT. I always have. Um, I was always a hardware guy. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I, I took a, I took a uh, HTML class in college. I don't really consider that programming. Uh, but uh, what programming I do know started back in 2017. Wow. Uh, yeah. I just, I decided that, like, I want to get into this. I want to learn it. Uh, I didn't, I didn't know that I'd still be working on it, you know, three years later. Uh, you know, fortunately, I have a wife that, you know, supports one hobby and tolerates this hobby. So, uh, <laughs> what language, <did> those, <laughs> what language did those games use? Or do you have to, uh, uh... they're, they're in assembly. Um, uh, and Christ. it, it started out. <laughs> It started out using the main debugger and a hex editor, and just you know going through the TI uh, the T, uh, Texas Instruments uh, TMS three four zero one zero. That's that's the CPU that's used. Going through the user guide to figure out what these you know what these different commands did, how they worked, you know memory you know writing the memory addresses, memory flags, all this other stuff. Big big learning curve, and somebody said like. You know, you should learn on like you know asteroids or something or Pac-Man, not Mortal Kombat. Like ah, you know, I'll I'll dive in feet first. You know, <laughs> uh, but uh, like honestly, like I forget some of the the things that I've done. Like I have to go back to the change log sometimes because like it all it all just kind of bleeds in together now uh, as far as the changes. But what really got me into it was like you know I want to fix the glitches you know, keep the gameplay as it is, uh, you know, keep the revision 1.2 gameplay uh, what it is, maybe add some options for balance, but not hard code them into the game. But, you know, I want to complete the arcade experience for UMK3. What kind of feedback have you gotten from people who adore and idolize that game? Uh, pretty good feedback. Uh, there's always... There's always going to be the uh, the unrealistic ones. Like, you know, uh, I have one guy who occasionally hits me up. Like, dude, I'll give you $1,000 if you put Cyber Sub-Zero in the game. <laughs> it's like, one, no. Uh, two, I'm not, you know, I didn't get into this to make money, so don't, like, try to throw money at me to get what you want. Uh, but, like, Cyber Sub-Zero doesn't fit into the classic timeline. No. So... You know he's not going to be in the game, uh, you know. And there, there's always the, you know, the flyby nights that are like, you know, hey, you know, do this, put this in the game, and it just, it doesn't make any sense. It's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And like, okay, well, I'm not interested anymore. I, okay, great, thank you. But there have been like, there's been people, there's been people like since the beginning that have been following the project for the past three years that have been supportive. Uh, that, you know, they'll kind of like, hey, you know, it, it would be cool if you did this, 
because it would add to the experience of, you know, whatever. It's like, you know, that's actually a pretty good idea. So, uh, and beta two has been in the works since beta one launched back in September. So like I, I said, I was going to take a break and catch up and play some games that I wanted to play. I bought, um, resident evil two remake back at the beginning of 2019. And, uh, it's uh, it's it's still in the plastic cover. Damn, I was about to say it. I'm like, it's still in the plastic. Is that... <laughs> it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> is it because you feel pressure? As if like, oh, if I don't work on it, I'm letting um the the guys down. Is is it is it does it have something to do with it? It do- no no it doesn't. Um, there's 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 no pressure from people to keep going because. Uh, there was a period of time, sometime in 2018, uh, Abyss likes to give me a hard time because that's when I started on Rain. I started on Rain sometime in like the spring of 2018. And uh, then I ended up, I built, I rebuilt the deck uh, at the back of my house. And Abyss like, used to like to give me a hard time. Like, man, he didn't want, he didn't want to build Rain so much that he went out and built a deck in his backyard instead. Like, <laughs> like man, I, <laughs> like I had to do it. Like it had to be done. I was gonna walk out on my. I was gonna walk out the back door and fall eight feet. You know. <laughs> but uh, no, there's there's really there's really no pressure. I don't think. At least not that that I feel in a bad way. Uh, you know, sometimes if I get sidetracked on on something, there's there's kind of nudging in the right direction from from some people that I that are really supportive of the game, but, uh, no, there is no, uh, there's no pressure. Uh, I don't, I don't feel that pressure of letting people down at all. I've only ever played vanilla UMK3. If I were to fire up MAME or however I could play UMK3 plus or, you know, MK2 plus, but let's specifically stay with UMK3 plus because that's what you mainly work at. Would I recognize the game or have you changed so much? Like, you know, maybe some, maybe new moves for characters or, you know, our glitch. Uh, did you do your best to get rid of glitch jabs? I mean, it, how would you tell somebody who's only ever played vanilla UMK3 that this is still the same game? It's just that all the BS is gone. Or have you changed so much of it where I would actually think it's a completely different game? No, it's, uh, it's the same game. Um, from a gameplay perspective, um, I would tell you that, you know, Glitch jabs are still there. Uh, as a high-level player, they are beatable. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are absolutely beatable. Uh, but there is a combat code now to lock out glitch jabs. So like oh, you sweet. are pushing the punch button, but as soon as you hold in block to try to keep punching and block at the same time, you're just going to go into the block animation. Oh, so wow. there's a combat code for that. Um, there hasn't been any real gameplay changes. And when I say real gameplay changes, I'm talking uh, no, like, hey, this would be a good idea. Let's put this in the game. There have been bug fixes. Like, player one sector uh, can fire a homing missile and then shoot a regular missile, where in 1.2, player two sector can't do that. He can only have one missile at a time. And it doesn't make sense to have... Uh, one whichever side of the screen that you're on or whichever side of the whichever controller side you have be handicapped that doesn't make any sense 
Right. So we fixed that bug. It was like, well, should they both be able to do it, or should they, or should neither of them be able to have both missiles out? And it's like, you know, Sector is bad enough as it is. If you take that away from them, nobody's going to play them anyway. So both sides can have both missiles out now. Uh, player two jacks, you couldn't be charging low kick for ground pound uh, and do a dash punch. So that got fixed. Uh, some moves where you could get thrown while you were invisible and stay invisible, those got fixed. Um, uh, Shang Tsung has a morph for human smoke and robot smoke now, as well as a noob cybot and rain. That's right. He could have morphed uh, into robot smoke. I forgot about that. Yeah, and what's funny is that that was just that was just like poor coding, right? Because in the game code, there's actually a there's actually a spot for the robot smoke morph, but there's no inputs that would send you over to that code. Oh, that's so, interesting. Yeah, it was lazy. Uh, uh, it was lazy. Uh, a coding by uh, Midway back then, huh? That's basically the reason why I've been at this for as long as I have. Lazy. Well, I don't want to say lazy because like we could. You know, I think 25 years ago, they wouldn't have thought, oh, man, these guys are going to be critiquing us using a debugger, telling us how bad our code was. The game back then was designed to take your quarters. Of course. And that's it. Of course. You know, I don't think they ever saw the days where, where machines would be on a free play and guys would be like, oh, let me, you know, let me show you this. And, you know, I, I don't have to spend $5 in quarters to do it. Uh, and then beyond that, you know, MAME, with save states and debuggers and things like that, I don't think they foresaw that as like, okay, we're guys are going to use this to expose crappy or rushed code. And I don't think it was laziness as much as it was they were rushed. You know, MK3 was already MK3 was already rushed out to the public as it was to the point where they were already working on UMK3 before MK3 was released to the public. Wow, uh, guys like players like Shock uh, Juggernaut dead we know the big you know we we know the uh, players uh crazy dominican ac 1984 have they played enough of the game where maybe they may think this should be the tournament standard version instead of the vanilla one where we have a guy like drew drusis who has taken the time to remove all these glitches and everything ha has have there been any thought about making it the uh, tournament standard um We've run we've run it as a tournament standard um, at CKK uh, since last year, uh, and it, I think it'll be the tournament standard for CKK. Um, nobody has objected to it because they all know that as far as the gameplay goes, you know what happens when you have you know when your inputs count, has anything changed? And the answer is no. Uh, well, I, okay, so like you know, the bugs that were addressed that I told you. And that, you know, robot smoke can input the invisibility code, go invisible, uh, and now he can input the invisibility code again and come back visible, just like Reptile can. So um, there's no, you know, like all the relaunchers are still there. Uh, you know, all of the, all, honestly, all of the cheese, Cabal is still S plus tier. <laughs> you know, Kung Lao has... You know, Kung Lao has that ridiculous infinite if you can pull it off. You know, Night Wolf can, you know, Night Wolf can have his way with the robots whenever he wants to. Uh, all of the standard edition 1.2 gameplay is intact. Uh, so the argument for it, basically, it's like, yes, 
it should be the tournament standard. And of course, you ban Noob Cybot, which they've pretty much always done. Uh, and you always ban Rain uh, because he didn't exist in the arcade until no. a couple years ago. Of so. course. Um, you being a modder for a game, we've seen it before. Some people in the gaming industry don't really like that. They put halt to a few things like uh, Mortal Kombat 1 Mugen, the, mm -hmm. that, that game that, you know, was being worked on. It was a labor of love. It was not anything for profit. And I believe it was NRS or whoever was from a uh, the former acclaim who uh, cease and desist. And again, that's not the first time we've seen that. Uh, we've seen that. Have you gotten any, you know, cease and desist letters from people who basically own the IP that they see you may be modding their game and they think it may be for profit? Have you experienced any of that? Because like I said, a lot of the modding community, they are very careful. You know, they, they do it as a labor of love, but you always have to watch out for that. What are your experiences with that? Um, I have not received anything like that at all. Um, Daniel Pacina, who plays uh, Johnny Cage, of course. Of course, yeah. Um, uh, he and Paul um, actually have developed a, a, a good rapport and a good relationship, and uh, he thinks he, he thinks the MK Plus games are really cool. Um, uh, I, I sent a I sent a picture to John Turk on his Facebook page, like, "Hey, look, you know, you're the most credited actor." in any MK game ever because the, you know, you have the extra credits, you know, they have Noob Saibot and Rain in them now, you know, so you got like John Turk is like nine different characters. And and he thought that was pretty, you know, he liked that. Uh, have I gotten anything from developers? I have not, no, nothing from John Tobias, nothing from Ed Boone. Uh, no, no cease and desist. Although I'm sure someday that will come along. Like I bet if we it, like if with the next gen consoles and MK12 or whatever, they have you know some kind of you know basically a, a, another rendition of MK Arcade Collection with hopefully God with better netcode, uh, then I could potentially see getting something to say stop what you're doing. So you're uh, safe for now. For now, for now, I think so because like you know. I didn't get into this to make, you know, to make untold riches. I didn't, you know, I think it's really cool. I think it's really cool that people want to play the game. You know, I, I look at mortalkombatplus.com and it's got like, it's got close to like 3,000 downloads, as well as a couple of dozen people uh, have had it put in their arcade machines. You know, the chips have been burned oh, wow. uh, to ROMs and put in their arcade machines. I think that's the coolest thing in the world, but something that I've spent over three years working on is now showing up in people's arcades and people are, you know, 3,000 people have downloaded this game. Like, that to me is the coolest thing in the world. Um, but if anybody thinks I got into it to make money, like, you know, I can I can show you, like, a, like tracking all of uh, the PayPal contributions, contributions, of course, with a K, uh, from my, from, from the contributors to the game, combined with the hours I've put into it, dude, it's like three cents an hour. You know, like, I, I'm, I'm not in this to make money, and I, and I, and Paul's not in it to make money, and you know, nobody, nobody, nobody's in this to like make money off of it. We're just in it because we love the games, and we, we want to make them, we want to make them complete. We want to make them the best that they can be. How much do you appreciate support from Mortal Kombat communities like Latin America, Russia? 
and parts of Europe where that game is still religiously played. I mean, you know, that game, Killer Instinct, there, there was so much love for those games, but specifically, <laughs> and we know there's a rabid fan base in Latin America, especially in uh, parts of Venezuela and other areas, yep. and especially in Russia. How much do you appreciate their support? Uh, immensely. Uh, so one of one of my friends, uh, Victor, uh, he goes by Parallax MK Chile. Uh, he's uh, he's he's down uh, in Chile, and uh, he's a tester for the Mortal Kombat Plus games. And he streams and he streams the Plus games from time to time. Uh, and like his reactions to things, like the first time he saw brutality in UMK3 Plus. Uh, like he just lost it, and it's just it's it's so cool to see that as well as uh, uh, I think his name is uh, Speed uh, from I think it's the the Dominican Republic maybe. Um, he's a, a big big time MK player, and and he loved it. And uh, actually, uh, one of the guys from uh, from Russia. Uh, oh boy, sorry about that. That's my cat's <laughs> that's my cat's big butt. Um, I'm drawing a blank. I can't believe I can't remember his name. Uh, he came to the uh, Tank Eugen. That's who it is. Uh, he came. He came to the states a couple years ago to wow. play in a tournament, uh, and he was actually going to come this year to uh, CKK before everything happened. Uh, like I was talking to Speed about him uh, coming up for the tournament, and a couple guys from South America coming up for the tournament. Uh, so. Yeah, like having their support is uh, having their support is awesome. Like that's like, it, I wish I could find the link and and maybe like once the YouTube videos up and everything, I'll post the like I'll I'll put a reply in there with the link. There's this kid uh, playing on like a miniature UMK3 machine that's got UMK3 Plus on it, and he's sitting there doing Reigns combos, and then he pulls wow. off Reigns brutality, and he's like starts like jumping up and down, like oh look, I did it. I did it. <laughs> it's, it's the coolest thing ever. I'm going to put you on the spot real quick. Obviously, you have immense love for UMK3. Who's the best player? Uh, right now? Um, right now. Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to have to, right now, from my experience, uh, I'm going to have to say no doubt. No doubt. Great no doubt. player. Love great player guys, the guy the guy is a machine like even when you know what he's going to do he's still going to beat you with it nice that's how man. good he is what's next for you obviously ckk has been canceled nothing that you could have done about it it's just you know the covid19 um disaster as i like to say but what's next mm -hmm. for you man um continuing development of umk3 plus um uh, I'll be I'll be a father for the third time in like four days. As congratulations! Long as goes to plan. Hmm? That's a congratulations. That... Oh, thank you, thank you. Wait, four um, days, August twenty third. Yes. Oh, that's my birthday. Yes. No All right. After me. Well... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, there's that, and then there's just continual prepping for CKK, like. I, I have accumulated this mass of computers that run, they all run main very well, and I've tested them all. I have some pictures somewhere. Uh, McLovin's came over, and we tested seven or eight different controllers, maybe more than that, 
on four different machines to make sure that they all work. They all hooked up. They all worked at different times when you needed them to. Uh, all kinds of extensive testing. Uh, but also on a monthly basis, we've been doing this since May, uh, having what I call CKK online, where we've had uh, different events. We did we did UMK three, uh, and then we did uh, we did a, another UMK three event uh, for Arcade Legacy because you know at, all small businesses are go, we're going through tough times. Some of them still are. Uh, but we did a benefit for them, uh, and we raised a good amount of money uh, for them uh, so they could, you know, keep their business going. Uh, we've done some MK2 events. We did an MK1 event uh, this past weekend. So on a monthly basis, we'll do a we'll do a rotation of you know whatever classic game, uh, and that will help bring hype and exposure to the event. There's been several first-time players. Uh, and some guys that I've spoken with that have basically said, you know, prior to this stuff, there's no chance I'd ever show up at an offline event. But stuff like this makes me want to come out. So, you know, it's not the best quality of play, and we know that being online, uh, but it does generate hype for the event, and it gets people excited about it. When you say a lot of the players say to you, it's like, this is the kind of stuff that makes me uh, come out to events, and you said it's... Do they mean FGC events in general? Do they go out of their way to avoid those? Or are they just players from the years past from arcades that want to experience that glory again of what the arcade scene was? Oh, I, I can't speak for that specifically, but I would presume that it's, it's the latter. You know, you, the, 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 the days of the past, you know, the arcade tournaments and stuff like that. Um, the FGC, especially right now, is a, is a tricky thing to navigate. Um, like, I, like you saw what happened this past weekend with uh, at the uh, was it the Capcom Pro Tour? Uh, I did. I don't think I kept up with that one. Okay. Uh, I, I'll read. Uh, I'll read it later, most likely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and just with, you know, it's it's like, you know, I, I'm I'm a I'm a classics player, and that's really all I'm good at, and and I'll never claim to be good at anything else. Uh, and when I went to, uh, summer jam back in 2018, I just went to spectate, you know, and there were, and, and shock was there. Uh, so I got to meet shock in person for the first time. Conqueror was there. So I got to meet him for the first time. Uh, you know, and some other guys too. Like I, I got to meet, I got to meet Big E. I got to meet, uh, James MK. Uh, and I, I got to meet, uh, AC 1984. Uh, so, you know, I, I got, and, and, uh, Mike Metroid got to meet, you know, a lot of those guys that I've talked to and played with online and stuff, but I'd never like met them in person, but still there's, there's so much else going on that it's very easy to get overwhelmed, uh, by what's going on, uh, all the other stuff that's going on. So, uh, a lot of those guys, yeah, I think it's just like, especially the ones that said like, I would never go to Like I had never gone to an offline event before. But seeing this stuff and knowing that there's a tournament that is strictly for the classics, that makes I think that makes them want to come out. Have you uh, had the chance to talk to any of the other uh, classic communities, or do all classic communities stay to themselves? Has anybody from Third Strike, you know, called? It's like, man, that's awesome that you're doing that for that game. Has anybody from the Alpha community, 
you know, say, hey, good job, you know, it's awesome that somebody's taking a classic MK game and trying to make a small little tournament for them. Have you, has anybody, uh, you know, given you any props from those communities? Or, again, do they just stay to themselves? I think I, I think they kind of stay to themselves. Uh, I, have, I mean, I haven't, I haven't heard anything uh, from them. Uh, and and that's fine. I mean, and and they haven't heard anything from me either. So, uh, yeah, that that's totally fine. Like, I, I get it. I mean, you know, they're a small community, kind of like kind of like what we are with Classic MK. So, they stick to their game. We stick to ours, and it's it's cool, you know. But you know, I, I think it's cool that people. I think it's cool that people are still playing old arcade games from the '90s, the games that I grew up playing. And now, like, I can show them to I can show them to my kids, and they can be like, "Hey, that's pretty cool." Like, it's 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 really cool when like you're like when my son who's twelve walks up and he's like, "Dad, you want to play some Mortal Kombat?" Like, well, I thought you'd never ask, you know. <laughs> uh, better than him begging me to play Fortnite, which I begrudgingly do sometimes. Are the are the fatalities turned off? No, no. <laughs> course not that's it's i mean it's it you know people are like oh well you know he shouldn't be able to do that that's unrealistic oh you're right so you know being able to take a spear to the heart and it only taking off like four percent four percent of your health that's realistic so you're telling me you can get hit with a spear 25 times in your chest and not die and just get knocked out okay yeah let's talk about realism <laughs> And on that note, my friend, this is going to do it for this episode, Drew. Thank you very much for being here. And before we leave, of course, what are your social media outlets? Uh, let's see. Um, oh, boy. Uh, YouTube, uh, Ted Drusus. That's YouTube.com slash Ted Drusus. Uh, Twitter is Ted Drusus underscore MK. Ted Drusus, guys. That's how you that's how you reach him and look out for more stuff for uh, Mortal Kombat Plus. Uh, specifically UMK3. That's that's Drew. I'm Raphael. And this was another fun episode of KPB Cast, guys. Have yourself a good night and take care. Thanks, Drew, man. A lot of a lot of fun. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate it. This has been a KPB MediaWorks production. This has been a KPB MediaWorks production. <laughs>